won't be New Year when you hear this. I mean, it'll still be the New Year. We're not time traveling, but it's New Year while we're recording. So, Happy New Year! Fuck Harry Potter. I got a bunch of new Harry Potter stuff for Christmas. I'm really excited. Welcome, you podcast listeners, to City Wave Cinema, Deathly Hollows. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Part, part two, two. Part one. Episode one. Kiss my ass. In case we're very confused. <laughs> I hate everything. Give me that box. Yeah, you're probably going to need it. James has a suffering an allergy attack. We will try to keep it as quiet as possible. It's fucking hilarious Just on don't stream. blow your nose. Yeah. Oh my god. So. Today, America made me watch... Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Actually, I didn't make you watch shit. Chat made you watch. That's true. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. But you did turn it on. I did turn it on, and I added subtitles for you because I love you. That's true, you do love me. Now, in case you're new here, and you haven't listened to an episode before, basically what happens is we watch a movie that one of us hasn't seen. Minimal, it has to be one of us. And we, we write down a bunch of notes, basically. Most of them are hilarious. Some of them... Not so hilarious. A lot of my notes tonight are hate-fueled rants. Um, I cried. She did. She cried in I front of me. I cry every time I watch that damn movie. So the the gist of it is uh, we're going to spend the next roughly hour of your life uh, sifting through and shitting on movies that you love. Uh, and then next week, actually not even next week because this is a doubleheader we're going to put out the second episode of this movie the same time as the, this one. So We are? Yeah, next week. We're doing both of these next week? I thought we were doing both of the part one today. And then splitting this one up. Well, I, when, no. When we had talked about it, I said we were going to double both. We'll figure that out later. Whatever. That's not... You're going to listen to it whatever the fuck you feel like. Yeah, that's not like a thing. I am going to move this closer because I hate how quiet I sound in podcast. It's really starting to bug me, actually. You gotta project like you're on stage, girlfriend. Apparently. I gotta project a lot. God, I feel like death. That was like a really long intro. That was like three minutes. Obnoxious, just like we are. Now. Did you take notes? I don't take notes for Harry Potter movies. Okay. Just me, then. I actually um, only take notes for movies I haven't seen in a very long time, or uh, haven't seen at all. But for Harry Potter, I... Believe me, I really don't need to take notes <laughs> for Harry Potter movies. Okay. A lot of uh, a lot of our Harry Potter watch throughs just go are me explaining things to James. I think we paused this movie a significant amount for me to. Plot there was to. just a lot of stupid shit that happened in this movie. Now let's begin. Uh, we started the movie with a a brief like, as as it was like a previously on Harry Potter, but without being a previously on Harry Potter and there there was a, a fucking Voldemort did the sky beam before Marvel ever did the sky beam uh shit what else happened in the beginning uh we we saw Dobby's grave mm-hmm. which was sad um yeah, yeah. Rise of Frio. yep all sorts of shit that at the very beginning uh and I don't really have like good notes about it just that that's basically what happened uh other than 
that they talk. Uh, uh, what, what's his face? Bill and Floor. Floor. Yeah, that's. Who who I had is. to explain to James ten times over. Listen, who they were. that's not a fucking important character in the film. She is not relevant to this movie. Uh, apparently, she also competed in the Triwizard Tournament, where she also is not relevant, even though she competed in it. Poor Floor. Does she doesn't fucking matter? Is she Harry Potter? No. No, she's not. I didn't even know who Bill was a Weasley until fucking last movie. Correct. You still never have met Charlie. Who the fuck is Charlie? It's the little eldest Weasley brother. How many fucking kids did the did they pop? That's so many. That's so many Weasleys. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Actually, I think Bill might be that's the oldest. Like, that's like unnecessary. Bill, Charlie, Percy, Fred, George, Ron, Ginny. Jesus Christ. Breed like rabbits over in the Weasley house. Now, they said that their beach house was a safe house, but if you look at it, it's all windows everywhere, and it's the only house for, like, city block after city block of nothing but empty beach, which strikes me as, no, the fuck, it isn't a safe house. It's like a, whoops, well, we ran out of safe houses, so guess what? Bill, Floor, your house is the new safe house, because we don't have any more safe houses. Which could be the case, but they say it's a safe house, and it, it's not a safe house. It's very, it's tactically terrible. Now, we, we do a bit of plot with Harry, Ron, Hermione, and a goblin named Griphook. See. Who's there for reasons. Now, he's there because the, he was in the. He's there because he was in the first movie. Well, apparently. he's there because he was in the dungeons with Luna and Ollivander and them. Don't fucking remember that. At Malfoy Manor. Sure. Why not? Remember Bellatrix slashed him with his knife? Sure. And she was like, okay. I don't remember fucking any. Are they main characters? No. They're not, they're not, they're not important. Now, we learn that Snape, you know, everyone's favorite Alan Rickman character, put a fake sword of Godric Gryffindor in Bellatrix's vault. And it took a, uh, it took, like, practically saying his name out loud to Harry to figure out that Snape is not the bad guy, and something's definitely up with him. Which, it like, there's like an uncomfortable amount of time in between them learning that it was Snape who put it in there, and them deciding that Snape was not public enemy number one. Which bothers me, because as soon as you hear from the source that Snape put the sword in Bellatrix's vault, you should assume, practically immediately, that something is at the very minimum off with him, and that, obviously, he's manipulating both sides of this conflict. But they don't do that. They sit around with the thumbs up their ass trying to figure out if Snape's a good guy or not. Um... Also, wands can change allegiance willy-nilly now, which I don't recall being a wand rule prior to this movie, but that's fine. 
when you don't say any rules from the beginning of the movie series, you can make them up later with reckless abandon. I mean, that's sad but true. Um, annoying! Annoying! Wands are confusing, and uh, they are not really now, talked I, about all that much in the movies. I'm going um, to do a brief amount of shouting here. Okay, just cut me off. That's fine. I, w- I wasn't going to say anything important or anything. Say something important, then I'm going to do some shouting. I was just talking about how in the books they do describe wand lore a bit more, but not... I don't think... I still don't think it would be enough to satisfy you. I feel like you would need, like, a whole separate course on wands to really be satisfied in how they work. Listen to me now. All right, here we go. If we're going to have rules, I just want to know what they are so I can play by the rules. You know? That's all I want. Now... As this is a live-streamed podcast, sometimes chat will say things. And a thing that has been said in chat makes me want to punch walls. Because this, in case anyone is not aware, is not a fucking book review podcast. This is a movie review podcast. And I know, benefit of the doubt to all the people who try to make movies out of books, it's hard as fuck. You can't include everything that you want to because books are just denser. You can put way more stuff in books than you can in movies. However, if we're going to review a world based in movies, the rules need to be set in the movies. I don't give a fuck what happened in the books. The books don't even exist in my mind when we do this show. The books aren't real. J.K. Rowling didn't write a novel series that made a gajillion dollars and is beloved by millions. They're not real. She made a bunch of movies that suck a lot of ass. All right? That's the opinion on the thing. I don't give a shit about whether or not there's rules about wands in the books or whether there's characters that matter in the books. The books don't fucking matter when you're in this space with me right now. The books are huge and very important. And carry a lot of information that is not given to me in the movies. And my only understanding of this whole fucking universe comes from the goddamn movies. And they did a shit job making a bunch of movies without explaining fucking anything. Now. The rest of your information comes from your wife filling in pieces here and there. I get a lot of book info from her who read them all. She read all the books. Like a good noodle. I didn't care about wizards until I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I I never fucking read the books. And they never would have been allowed in my house anyways. To be fair, um, I had a rule as a kid that was instilled by my parents um, that I wasn't allowed to watch a movie unless I read the book. That was a... What if the movie didn't have a book? Uh, then I was allowed to watch a movie. Okay. But I, if, like, if it was a book first, movie later, because it was so... It's not like reading was hard for me. Yeah. It's more just like I'm a lazy piece of shit, kind of like I am now. Classic. Um, the rule was if I wanted to see the movie, I had to read the book. So I <sighs> saw the trailer for the first Harry Potter movie, and I was like, that looks like shit that I like. And my family was like, huh, cool. Here's the first four books. And I was like, all right. Fine. And then I read the first four books. And then I waited at midnight for the fifth book to come out. Um, very cool so yeah no that's probably that's probably the only reason i read the books to be honest because i hadn't heard about harry potter until i saw the movie trailer i feel like the disclaimer that i've never read the harry potter books i tried 
before we ever even conceived of this podcast, before it was ever even put into our minds by our chat months and months ago, I tried to read the Harry Potter books. But the first Harry Potter book is written for children in middle school. And it was like dragging my face across a cheese grater. It was hard to fucking read. Not that it's like complicated or anything, but it just isn't for my brain level. I'm an adult now. If I had read this when I was in middle school, I probably would have loved this shit. I read it when I started. I love a lore-rich world. I love deep, deep dives into rules and shit and worlds and understanding of things. I love all this stuff. If I had read it at the appropriate age time for me, I probably would love all this shit and we never would have reviewed this because we, I would have watched all the fucking movies. But now here I am, 26 goddamn years old, and the movies are fucking rough for me. I like a few of them. I like a few of them a lot. And cinematically, they're works of art. But the stories and the rules get half-assed 100% of the time. Even in the best Harry Potter movies, the stories are cut to ribbons. Mm. I couldn't tell you if that's what was intended by the creator because I've never read the books. I don't know what was intended. All I know is the screenplay. And the screenplay can only last for two hours, two and a half hours max. And the screenplay also does a really shitty thing <sighs> of having you, re like, like relying on you having read the books. Sure. If you've read the books, these movies are probably phenomenal. I imagine... People, like, the, the overlap of people who love the books and love the movies is pretty, pretty fucking close to 100%, I would imagine. Because I, I, I can't help but wish that, like, books that I had read as a kid, like, the, there's a, there's a, 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 a author named Brian Jacques uh, who wrote these fantastical children's novels. I have, a, you can't see them on the shelf anymore, we took them down. But I still have some of them, and I'll keep them forever because I love the stories. They were about, like, little woodland creatures that had wars and shit, and it was great. I would have loved to see movies of that shit done in the stylings of The Chronicles of Narnia. But I know for a fact if I tried to watch those movies, I'd have been like, man, they fucked that up. Man, they skipped that, and they skipped that, and they skipped that. Because the books are just, it's just hard. It's just really hard to translate one medium of art into another medium of art without missing something. So understand... I've not read the books. If the rules are in the books and not in the movies, then they don't exist. Rules that are in the books but not explained out loud aren't real. And if you call me on them, you're a joke. I love you all. Now. Back to the movie. Harry is a dick to old dudes who have been tortured. Harry's out here being rude as hell to Mr. Ollivander. Who has been nothing but kind to that young man since he was but a wee child getting his wand at the shop. Ollivander has been nothing but nice. And he's out here like, you're fucking lying to me. You old fat fuck. How dare you, Harry? He has been nothing but kind to you. You can be nice. Damn it. Was Ollivander a dick in the books? No, he's always just been a nice old man. Well, then what the fuck? 
uh, I mean, Harry is on a, like, timeline here. Like, he's like... Yeah, you you can be in a rush, but you don't have to be fucking mean to the old guy who's out here like, I was tortured by, like, the king of evil. And then he says out loud to Harry, I was tortured by the king of evil. And Harry's like, well, then fucking stop lying to me. Maybe have some class, sir. Oh, and uh, just for the record, Harry Potter will go down as one of the worst protagonists of any art medium of all time for me. Just so you know. James is really mad at the ending. Um. Do you have any notes on Ollivander? Or anything that happens up until they do Polyjuice Potion again? I mean, not really. I really, like, for the Harry Potter things, my job's just to be here so that the Harry Potter fans don't hunt you down at your address and tear tear you limb from limb. What are they going to do? Take a wand and a vada cadaver me? Get the fuck off my lawn. The fact that you can make that reference now is just... (laughs) You should hear my brother do that. That was was a good Ralph Fiennes imitation. My brother does an excellent imitation of just like that specific part. <gasps> like, it's just, that's one of my least favorite parts in the entire series because it's just like, eh. <laughs> it was Voldemort really just botching the power of that phrase? It's just like, he just, he's out, this is skipping way to the end of the movie, but he's really out there with his wand held in his weird, limp, wristy grip like this, like it's a paper like a, a magic glass paperweight and he just goes like he says it like in the back of his neck he doesn't even say it with his mouth it's he weird he says it with such little diction that if he had been using flu powder he would have <laughs> fucking disappeared <laughs> like, he, he would have cast himself into the next dimension like it's so bad right so back Anyways. to the timeline here after they get all their information they decide okay what we're gonna do is the only thing that's ever worked for us before and it really doesn't have a good success rate is we're gonna take a bunch of polyjuice potion and we're gonna get ron out here looking like a death eater that we don't know and we're gonna get hermione out here looking like bellatrix lestrange um okay solid plan right wrong because as soon as they get into Gringotts, Gringotts? Mm-hmm. Gringotts. As soon as they get into Gringotts, and they're like, they got Harry and Griphook got the fucking cloak of invisibility, which is like the most broken shit that they never used for the last like four movies. Um, they're in there, and Griphook goes, Oh, they fucking know. They know obviously that this isn't Bellatrix because. Hermione's were- the worst Bellatrix. Ever. Yeah, the, my, that's my next note, actually, is the best part of when they polyjuice is that they are truly terrible at pretending to be the people that they're mimicking. Like, I get it. You're wizards. You're not actors. It's not your job to be great at mimicking people who, on the regular, try to kill you. But, like, try. A little bit. I, L- e- e- I wrote the note when because you watch them walk in, and it's the first time you ever see Bellatrix, like, break a fucking ankle on those 19 million inch heels that she wears all the time. And it made me laugh because I think about shooting the scene on set. I was about to and say. And I was like, man, Helena Bonham Carter really had to like forget how to walk for a second, didn't she? I was like, we, I think <laughs> since this is a movie review channel, we got to give some credit to this fucking scene work. Honestly, we have, it's fucking tremendous. We have Helena Bonham Carter pretending to be Hermione, who pretending is pretending to, to be, be Bellatrix. And that's just really fucking funny to me. Like that was... 
brilliantly acted. Like, she did so great. Very good. And, like, even the facials, she changes her whole facials to the point that I'm like, it looks like Hermione trying to make Bellatrix facials. Like, she's like... The veterancy of the actors is on point. And you can clearly see that they're very talented people. Very talented people. I know. I I said that... uh, chat just mentioned that she loved being bellatrix and i was like i said that in while we were watching the movie i was like bell like helena just looks like she, she has just, the she best a, fucking time on the set damn good time now she's just there to party like now grip hook tells them that oh out the fucking gate the jig is up obviously they were warned that bellatrix uh like Bellatrix phoned ahead or something. It was like, hey, someone's going to show up looking for access to my vault or something to that effect. They I'm have sure my it's ex- wand. I'm sure like... it's explained better in the books, but it's kind of like ham-fisted in there in the middle of a very tense scene. Um, and it occurs to me, if the goblins know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, because goblins don't have allegiances, as I have learned, based on the fact that they let Bellatrix Lestrange have a vault. At the bank. I don't think they can have allegiances. That'd be a little fucked up. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, like, they're like Switzerland. Only good wizards can have bank Go- accounts. Goblins are like Switzerland. They can hold no allegiances. Because they have all the money. So, if the goblins know, beyond the shadow of the doubt, that Bellatrix Lestrange has alerted them that someone is going to attempt to pilfer her vault then there is no reason in heaven, hell, or in between that any of the Golden Trio or Griphook should have got through the fucking front doors. The last time the goblins heard from Bellatrix Lestrange, she didn't show up in person. Having her show up in person, red flag. Having her show up in person and then demand entrance to her vault? 35th red flag. They should not make it past that point. There should not be any time for Harry to sneak up to the goblin in charge and curse him. None of that should happen. If they have what we're led to believe they have, which is advanced warning that this is going to happen, this exact scenario is going to happen, it shouldn't happen. Unless goblins are truly that inept, in which case they should never be the bankers. Jesus Christ. If they fuck up the security of Gringotts that badly, in what world should they be permitted to be the ones who operate the gold? Fucking crazy. Now, I ask you, nerd. Was, did anything else happen in that, uh, scene in the books to alleviate my gripe with it? I mean, other than what chat said, um, not really. Uh, it's, I personally do not like the whole Gringotts sequence because it just does leave a lot of, like, like, not questions, but, like, plot holes. Um, but... Yeah, that's about it. it gets you the gist of it. All right. The well, gist of it is what they showed. Well, 
Fuck it, then, I guess. We just say fuck it all the time in this series. Uh, why have we not been using the Imperial Curse this whole fucking time on literally anyone we come across? Honestly. Because it's an unforgivable curse. We should not be doing unforgivable curses, James. Yeah, well, we do it like four times in this whole fucking movie. Out of desperation. Oh, it's war. As soon as it was war, they I mean, fuck. Hogwarts, under bad pretense, was practicing the Cruciatus Curse in this movie. I mean, because they have a dark arts class. Under bad pretense. It's not good that they're doing it, but honestly, they should know. Why are goblins dicks to dragons? I hate that that? part. What the fuck is that? It really bothers me that the dragon's all chained up and in pain and, like, has been... Open wounds? Trained to know that noise means pain? What the fuck kind of operation do they have going on here? I mean, it's extra security. You chained up your extra security. What's it gonna do? If your security can't freely roam and likes you, what's the point of the security? I mean, dragons are, uh... Goblins are fucking stupid. It's really hard to tame dragons, especially, like... Then get someone who's good at it. Surely someone's done it. Doesn't a Weasley do it? Isn't there a Weasley whose whole thing is dragons? He works with the dragons to, like, keep them safe. Sure. They don't eat him, do they? Nope. Do they torch him to death? Nope. No. No, they don't. And so, in theory, dragons would like this guy, right? Yes. He actually probably... So get this guy! Well, I was about to say, I wonder if he's the one that... Because dragons aren't, like, nice creatures. They're not, like... I mean, historically, dragons don't have alliances to good or evil. They have alliances to themselves. So... Do dragons in this universe keep hordes? It's never explicitly stated. I'm gonna contradict chat right now and say Griphook's a cunt. Yeah, Griphook's not... Capital C. He's a bad guy. I'd kick him in his neck. He fully Rumpelstiltskinned their ass. Oh, he did so bad. He was like... I have a lot of notes about this first section. All right, like, better, we better keep going. We're already 30 minutes in and we have not gotten to the, the poor dragon can barely fly, man. Fuck them goblins. Uh, also, Harry Potter is the worst at making deals. Yeah. Uh, simply the worst. He goes, Griphook, you get us through the doors and into the vault. The sword is yours. What the fuck is that? I know it's a magic sword, and it'll probably show up when you need it most next. That's fine. Say it wasn't a magic sword that would just show up when you need it next. You fucking gamble away what you know will help you in the future at a chance to maybe find something? Fucking lunatic. Harry Potter is one of the worst characters to ever exist, ever. He's so bad at everything he does, you cannot possibly tell me with a straight face that he is and should be the chosen protagonist of the whole series. He is bad at everything. We don't like Harry Potter. He sucks so much. He's not good. He's not nice. He's not funny. Daniel Radcliffe's a genius, 
But that's it, man. You know, he sucks. When you ask people their favorite Harry Potter character, not very many people <sighs> say they like Harry. Why would they? Just saying. Nobody really does. Um, I will say if I were to make that deal with Grip Hook, mainly because I know a lot about just fairy tales in general, and the I would have said, you get us in, you help us find what we need, and you get us out, and the sword is yours. I would have said. Those are my three conditions. Not get us in, get us into the vault. Good. I think mine would have been if we find the the thing we're looking for in the vault, the sword's yours. But, I mean, they did, and you still don't get out. Sure. But they didn't know for sure until they killed it. And if only Harry can hear the Horcruxes, they could not prove without a shadow of a doubt to Griphook that it was what they needed. So you can fucking Rumpelstiltskin him back and Maybe. get out. You can get out with all the shit and the sword and the Horcrux as long as Harry doesn't indicate that he can hear the thing and knows that it's real. You're like, I think this is it. We'll have to test it and see. And then you just don't fucking give him the sword. And you kick him in his little shit-ass neck. Now, moving on. I'm going to skip a note about Voldemort because it doesn't matter. Uh, why the fuck is Voldemort barefoot all the time? I don't got an answer for Weird. You. First of all, weird. Zero answers Second on of one. all, why did he kill all those people in Goblins? Because they let uh, the Golden Trio get away with the Horcrux. Therefore, they must die. Whose stupid idea was it to put the Horcrux in the vault? His. Well, man, you're well, I fucking don't know. bad at plans. I don't know necessarily if it was his to put in the vault. I think he gave it to Bellatrix because he trusted her. Kill Bellatrix! She has been useless to you this whole fucking time. He really likes her. Ah, fuck her! She didn't do anything useful for him ever. And then she annoyed him at the end of the movie. And then she didn't die in the way she should have died. So fuck the whole movie and fuck whoever wrote it. I'm going to be pissed off for two episodes straight. Just brace yourselves. Yeah, I was like, oh, James, you really like the ending. You won't be disappointed at all. I'm fully disappointed in this movie. I'm fully disappointed in this movie. The book won't save it. The writing is bad. The screenplay is bad. Everyone did not get what they should have gotten, and it fucking blows. Cross the board. This movie gets a D rating. Doesn't even fucking pass. Now. They show Griphook dead with the sword, and the sword disappears. Also, should not Voldemort recognize the sword? He went to the school. Surely they have a picture of the sword. I mean... The sword existed before Voldemort existed. The sword was in the hat. Full stop, period. The end. Um, it's not like... And I don't know if Godric put it there because he didn't trust Salazar or no. whatever, but, like, because the diadem was given to uh, Ravenclaw's daughter. I don't know. More uh, important question. Okay. More important question. Was Bellatrix in the scene? Because I don't remember. No. Bellatrix was there. Because no. she would know the sword. Yeah, and no. She was not at the bake. Okay. It's plausible that they don't see the sword and grab it. Grip's, grip hooks a bitch and got what he deserved. 
Um, Facts. Dumbledore is smarter than all of the other people. Yes. He's also a cunt, but he's smarter than all of the other people. Dumbledore is not a good person. He is a bad, bad man. He's not but my a good God, person. is he smart. But he is brilliant, and no one can deny that. My I'm, God, is he smart. He's done some really shitty things, but man, is he smarter than, like, he, everyone. He is easily ten steps ahead of everyone, including post-death. He knew he could die and still be ahead of everyone else, and that is some fucking big dick energy. So shout out to Dumbledore being the worst best guy ever. Dumbledore um, really does have big dick energy. Who challenged Harry so aggressively? Ah, Aberforth. Ah, Aberforth. Eventually they end up at Aberforth's place after they show up in... Where the fuck did they show up at? Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. Yeah, they popped into Hogsmeade and Screechers alerted. And fucking they had to scurry out and find a place to hide. Aberforth, Dumbledore's brother, uh, got them into the hiding and stuff, and uh, then they basically had, like, a polite argument, kind of, and Aberforth, like, fully, like, with his whole chest, challenged Harry on his beliefs and convictions, and it's the first time I've ever seen Harry be, like, remarkably reserved about anything when he's been challenged with such aggression. That's true. And I was like, hey, look, that's a little bit of character development right there. How cool is that? <laughs> we have to- <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> I apologize for everything that just happened. My dog gagged. My husband sneezed. I just... Sorry to those in podcast listen or podcast land listening later. That was just... Yeah. That was fucking crazy. I'm also going to contradict chat right now about Dumbledore having a good heart because Dumbledore looks out for Dumbledore and everyone else is just a pawn in his fucking game from day one of his life till the end. And we're going to find out a lot about that in uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore. But... He spent the end of his life looking out for Harry Potter, kind of. He was only looking out for Harry Potter because Harry Potter served to his uh, overall arching plan of destroying Voldemort. Um, but, like, he fully, like, is responsible for his sister's death because anything was... Yeah, for that, I wrote Albus is a dick. Like, he... Anything that doesn't serve Dumbledore is not worth Dumbledore's time. Anything and anyone. He is, and is pointed out to be, very hungry for power. But then he died, so it doesn't fucking matter, does it? Now, Neville Longbottom shows up through the portrait after Ariana goes and gets him, right? Mm -hmm. Which is dope. Uh, And frankly, Neville Longbottom is the best wizard that there ever was. There are not other better wizards. It's just him. We love, we stand with Neville in this house. We love Neville. Everyone else can kiss my ass. Neville Longbottom is better than all the other wizards. I think Ginny's up there, but not movie Ginny, book Ginny. Now, uh, I wrote Seamus shut the fuck up right when uh, Ron told Seamus to shut up, which was very funny. Uh, <laughs> That's that one of my. A, it was a good moment. It's one of my favorite moments in like the entire series. Is Ginny's walking and she's like, Harry, and she, Ron's like, I'm your fucking brother. She hasn't seen me in six months, 
And Seamus's line is just dead perfect of, well, she's got loads of those, hasn't she? She's got a bunch of brothers. There's only one Harry. And Ron's <laughs> like, man, shut the fuck up. And I was like, man, shut the fuck up. At the same time, and it was hilarious. We had a good laugh here. James relates to Ron on such like a personal level. It's so funny. Now, uh, there's a, you get a, for the first time in the movies, you get a glimpse into what's actually going on at Hogwarts during post Dumbledore's death, because you don't really get to see after Dumbledore dies, we follow the golden trio, but they basically stop doing school and start doing like guerrilla warfare wizard shit, which is cool. That's a fun story to follow, right? Plus they kind of had to. Yeah. And they definitely had to. But you don't really get to see what's going on with, you know, the rest of everybody that we've come to know and love, in theory. I forgot about all the fucking side characters that were at Hogwarts. You know why? Because we didn't fucking hang out with them for two and a half movies. It's hours and hours and hours of time we could have done character shit. I mean, we couldn't have because we didn't have time. But we we just, like, just don't give a shit in the movies about what happens at Hogwarts until we go back and we get a glimpse of it. And it's like, oh, God, it's really fucking bad here. But you don't really know that. You, you like, think, oh, yeah, it's probably really fucking bad there. But we have our own shit to deal with, with the Golden Trio for the next, like, three movies. And you just never get to see what really is going on. And now we finally get to see it. And Snape's the headmaster. And they got the Karos, these Caro folks who we don't know anything about. We barely see their faces. And we all we know is that they're fucking major league assholes. And they teach kids how to do the Cruciatus Curse to other kids. Which is like, why? Because Dumbledore, or not, bleh. Try that again. Because uh, Voldemort wants basically to recruit all the young wizards to his side before they even get a chance to. Right. So, torture. Number one recruitment method for the villains when they want to lose. I've, I've never... Maybe it's because I didn't get to read these books when I was young, but I've never understood the idea of a villain being mean to people being a good way to get them on his side. Uh, Fear is better than love. If they fear you, they'll stab you in the back because they're scared of you. It's fucking math, baby. It's simple, simple arithmetic. If you get a bunch of people who are scared of you, one, if not all of them, are looking for a way to not be scared of you anymore. And one of the best ways you can do that is to kill the motherfucker in charge. Says the Gryffindor. I like power. The Gryffindor, the Gryffindor reaction to that would be like, which is why most of the people hiding in the room requirement are Gryffindors. Um, but the Gryffindor reaction would totally be like, stab them in the back. The Slytherin reaction is to play the long game and not... Oh, so the fucking Malfoys. Not the Malfoys. We don't talk about them. We don't talk about Malfoy. That was great. That was 10 out of 10. I'm better than everyone else. Um, but... Yeah, rule with fear. Highly effective government method. Now, that doesn't fucking matter. Uh, we get to see... Snape is out there, like, he's got all the students out in the wee hours of fucking nighttime... Like, you may wonder why I've gathered you all here today in a wizard godfather type of way. And he's a great scene. Just cool shit. Big, echoey voice. And then Harry's like, your security fucking sucks! And he steps out of line. 
because uh, he's, you know, for sure not supposed to be there. Uh, and he's like, Snape's like, oh, you're going to fuck up all this shit, Harry. Why are you here? Because Snape's a good guy. It's a secret. It's a really poorly kept secret. Yeah. Did you see what he did in that scene, though? He fucking fought him. He used McGonagall's spells in a, such a way that he blocked them so that they hit the Karos. And then before he got the fuck out of there, he went to each Karo and grabbed their wands so that when they woke up, they couldn't use them. Snape's a good guy. It's just a really cool moment. And it's not subtle that he's a good guy. Yeah, you think people would pick up on that more. I Now, I knew prior to watching any of these movies that Snape was a good guy because, you know, I live in the world and Harry Potter exists in the world. But even if I didn't know that Snape was a good guy prior to watching the movies, it was going to be really clear to me with all the hints that they dropped about Snape being the good guy. And that is very cool that he did that. I didn't notice that in particular. Go back and but I did watch notice that, that clip. I, I, noticed, I didn't notice him stealing the wands, but I did I did sit there at the end of the scene and go, how'd they go down? And then I replayed the scene in my head, and I was like, oh, he really did just fucking do that. That's fucking dope. And I wrote, I think Minerva might fuck his shit up, because I think Minerva's probably a better duelist than Snape is. Minerva is an extremely powerful witch, and I like that... Which is something I actually didn't... Every once in a while, I gotta give credit to the subtitles. I never heard her yell, uh, you coward, after him when he left. Yeah, but Minerva doesn't know that Snape's a good guy. No. The only people who know Snape's a good guy is Snape and Dumbledore. Dumbledore's dead. The best kept secrets are only kept by two people, and one of them is dead. Two can keep a secret if one of them is dead. Exactly! Or if, you know, three teenagers figure it out. Now. Name that TV show theme song. Don't know. Uh, McGonagall. Uh, actually, they all get fucking mentally assaulted by Voldemort, which is wild that it's never happened before. Like, we get to this movie after destroying a couple Horcruxes, which in theory wounds Voldemort, and he's out here demonstrating power like we've never seen before. I think it's... Which uh... is cool. It's really cool. I think it's, like, a space thing, so, like, he can, like, because they're, everybody's, like, in the same radius, he can do that. I don't think he can just do that across, like, all space and time. I think it was, like, all these people are contained within Hogwarts. I can talk within, like, this radius of brains. Yeah, but he doesn't go and talk to anyone but Harry anytime until right now when he's like, Hey, all you fuckers! Find him! And technically, he doesn't even ever talk directly to Harry through his brain. No, in fact, when he does talk directly to Harry, he goes, Harry Potter, I'm talking directly to you now. I'll kill all the people. But that's later. Um. Yeah, McGonagall made Slytherin go sit down in their rooms because... The, the fucking one chick spoke out. Pansy one, Parkinson, who we hate. One bitch out here from Slytherin House after they get mentally assaulted by Voldemort and he goes, rat out Harry Potter to me. And fucking Pansy goes, will somebody grab him? And then a bunch of like the fucking Dumbledore army are like, hey, how about no? And they like surround him all defensive like it's dope. And then McGonagall's like, great. All of Slytherin can go, you fucking weird motherfuckers. 
which, uh, firstly, shouldn't track students like that. That's fucked up. Also, shouldn't just assume that all the Slytherins are going to be bad guys. Even if they have only proven to be bad guys thus far. Like I said when we were watching it, there's also the fact that you're saving them some emotional trauma of, say they did want to fight, a lot of their parents are Death Eaters. Sure. And so you're just saving a lot of children. No, I think I think it's the right move to have the Slytherin house just, like, set this one out. I think it's the right move. Because if they're out and about, maybe their parents kill them. Maybe their friends' parents kill them. That's fucking bad. You gotta get them out of there. As the and effective now headmistress of the school, you gotta get them out of there. And there are some bad kids there. And they want to get Harry Potter killed. So, you know, it's a win-win to make them go away for the rest of the movie. Um, and then she does a super sweet spell to defend the fucking castle where she just awakens, like, 150 stone warriors. And then she's like, I've always wanted to do that spell. That's like a thing you learn as the teacher of Hogwarts, like in your training day, like in case the school ever comes under siege for some reason, and you just sit there and you go, God, that'd be really cool. And you just wait, and you wait, and you hope you never have to use it, but you secretly want to use it. So you just wait, and just know that you have like this awesome You've got thing. a fucking nuke in your back pocket. I, I would do the same thing, I'd be like... Yeah, she got all excited by it. It was really cool. I'd literally be like, I'm not saying I want the school to be attacked, but man, I want to see that spell in action. Man, I, I'm fucking ready. When they show up, I am I am good and ready. Now, the, uh, uh... I didn't make any more notes until we went and found the Great Lady. Uh, so I'll skip to that, because then there's a bunch of more, and then they get really angsty. There's a bunch more notes. Um... In the, in the meanwhile, the professors and powerful students are out there casting protection wards and shit, and you kind of get a glimpse into how powerful the uh, professors are. I mean, you have to assume that they're, like, masters of their craft in order to teach there, but also, they hire another random weenie any, any other year to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. They're all chosen uh, by Dumbledore, so they're not necessarily random. Sure, they're not random, according to Dumbledore and his plans, but... To any outsider, it looks like he's hiring any old random guy from the streets. Um, now, Harry has to go find the Grey Lady, or, in other words, the ghost of What's-Her-Face Ravenclaw. Uh, Lumina? Helena. Helena. Damn it. It's because... Rowena Ravenclaw's her mom. It's because It's because Luna told him about it, and I got the names all mixed up. Now... Also, Rowena and Helena are kind of really similar. They're pretty similar. Luna tells Harry he has to go ask her about the diadem because that's a horcrux probably. We never actually know if something's a horcrux till we hit it with a basilisk fang and it bursts into black smoke. Um, so, you know, we gotta go to... Harry goes and talks to the ghost and he does... He, he pulls an Aberforth and he rolls up on this ghost and he's like, hey, this, 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 and this, and that, and this. And I'm gonna address you like, oh, you're the Grey Lady. And she's like, I don't fucking like that name. And he's like, oh... Well, help me anyway. And he's a dick to the ghost. Um, they don't ever tell you this, James, but in the book it's a bit more explained that because Tom Riddle was, like, so obsessed with Hogwarts, mm -hmm. it's the Diadem of Ravenclaw 
Salazar Slytherin's locket and Helga Hufflepuff's cup. The goblet. Well, is they didn't Helga even fucking tell us that the goblet was Helga Hufflepuff's. They fucking blew right over that. Yeah, I just realized. What that. the fuck is that? As we were talking about it. These are the things. These little intricate details are the things that you don't need to ham fist anywhere. You could sprinkle that shit in. You could have someone see the cup and go, isn't that the Hufflepuff thing? And that's all. That's the only reference you need to put in there to be like, oh, he's going after the uh, Tom made all the fucking house things, the things. Right. That's all you fucking needed to do. And they didn't fucking do that. Why are they so bad at stories? In theory... I don't understand! In theory, the seventh Horcrux would have been Godric Gryffindor's sword, but right, he could but he never acci- find he it. he accidentally made it Harry instead. And he could never find it. Awkward. Because the sword appears to people who need it. And it appears to Gryffindors. And guess who doesn't fucking need it? Some Slytherin named Tom Rill. He doesn't fucking need the Gryffindor sword. So. So he's never gonna find it. Now, I wrote a funny joke. Because Voldemort shows up to Hogwarts with a million Death Eaters. There's a lot. There's a lot more than I've ever seen in terms of Death Eaters. And he rolls up and he does a full quote out of the movie 300. And he says, he doesn't say it, but I thought of it and I thought it was funny. He goes, the quote from 300 is, our arrows will blot out the sun. And these motherfuckers light up the night with these cobalt blue electric electric looking spells that they launch in a barrage against the hastily erected shielding from the professors of hogwarts and there's so many that it like the way they filmed it they legit just created like a whole light source in the middle of the shot and it was super fucking cool but uh, the note i wrote is my arrows will blot out the sun attributed to 300 attributed to voldemort which is funny but doesn't matter um, Harry just kept bothering the gray lady, which made me laugh because he's like, he's in a rush and he's re- he's really got to find where this diadem is, right? He's, he's got to find it. It's crucial. But he doesn't take time to be polite to the ghost and he keeps making the ghost angry at him, which is excusable like the first time. Because it's like, okay, you're in a rush. Obviously, you know, you're not going to be the most polite. But as soon as the ghost indicates, hey, be nicer to me, you should probably be nicer. And instead, he's just a dick because he's rushing. The rule of thumb is always be polite, kids. Uh, Especially from, like, to people that you need something from. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're trying to get something out of somebody. Now, I guessed during a pause ahead of time that the diadem would be in the room of requirement i took a gamble on that and i said to america after i or while she was giving the clue i was like it's in the room of requirement isn't it because that's where all the stuff is everything's in the room of requirement why wouldn't the diadem be in the room of requirement no one's seen it who's alive which is also a great clue by the way and Um, very few people up until up until Harry showed up, no one fucking goes to the room of requirement. Yeah, like very people, few people knew about the room of requirement. So, I guessed it, and America was like, "Yes, it's in the room of requirement." Good job, James. And I was like, "Yeah, me. I can write movies." Um, and so he goes to the room of requirement, and I was like, "Hey, you may as well go find the fucking 
book while you're at it. Go get the Half-Blood Prince book. Fuck it. It was helpful. That doesn't talk to him. He doesn't know where that is. It's true. Ginny threw that motherfucker deep into that room somewhere. Uh, which I still have a gripe about because unnecessary. In fact, it's like the first example of the most unnecessary throwing away of a useful tool I've ever seen. So we'll get to that later. Uh, next episode. Um, we really, we spend a lot of this movie doing not Golden Trio shit, where Ron and Hermione go do stuff by themselves while Harry goes and does stuff by himself. Which, it doesn't really bother me, but I wish that we could have had the finale of the movie be the Golden Trio winning because they do Golden Trio shit, and instead, the Golden Trio wins because Dumbledore manipulated everyone into doing what he wanted. Which is a cool idea. But how dare you fill me with hope that we would get to have Golden Trio shit happen and then not actually have them hang out for hardly any of the movie. I mean, I think the nice thing about the Golden Trio is that they are fully capable of being super powerful by themselves as well. I mean, yeah, they're very capable and talented wizards. Easily, like, the three most powerful in their class. But, like, I just wanted them to be hanging out. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Together. Pardon me. So, you know, I have issues with it. Let's see, am I at the halfway point? I'm pretty close. Want to throw one more note in there to get us to the seven minute mark? Yeah, here's here's the last note that we'll, we'll, we'll leave it on a cliffhanger. Ron learned parcel tongue listening to Harry talking asleep. But it's fucking crazy that Ron not only learned parcel tongue l- listening to Harry in his sleep, but he learned the correct phrase in parcel tongue to open the fucking door. Yes. The Chamber of Secrets door does not have a specific passphrase. It just requires you to talk in parcel tongue, so he could just mimic what Harry Potter said. And... Where is that rule explained? Where is the rule explained? In the in the Chamber of Secrets movie, you just have to speak parcel tongue. It's not explained in the books. I mean, it is. It's explained in the books, but not. It's explained in the movies too, just not like it's never. It's not explicitly stated. my fucking problem it's not like they were like oh you just have to speak parcel tongue we just see harry speak <laughs> parcel tongue to open things that's true and when they do captions they don't ever actually say what they say in parcel tongue is is there like actual phrases that they say or does it just say does it in the books it just says harry speaks in parcel tongue or that's, hisses like a snake i yeah that's that's about it that's fucking lame you're gonna tell me someone who's in the same writing club as fucking people who wrote other languages for a living? God damn it, J.K. Rowling was in the same fucking writing club as a man who wrote a whole language for his books. Multiple. You're gonna tell me she didn't bother to write what he said in parcel tongue? That's some fucking weak shit, man. Every fucking chance there is to disappoint me, even on things that I'm disappointed in in a different way. 
They just dropped the fucking ball. I have a feeling if someday uh, James ever meets J.K. Rowling. I have some choice words about stories. Not to mention, like, her as a person, but... Yeah, stop being a dick. Fuck's up with that. You got a million gajillion dollars. You don't have to be a fucking asshole all the time. And that is the end of episode one for Deathly Hallows part two. Episode one. Part two. Episode one. Um, we will be back sometime. I'll be back soon. I gotta blow my nose a million times. We will see you in the next episode.